Good day, nerds. This is Megan coming at you with another Cantina Conversation. Today's episode features a return guest, Mr. Daniel Kraus. Uh, we're welcoming him back for a fourth time on the Nerd Cantina. Um, today we're talking about his upcoming book, Whale Fall, that comes out on August. Um, you know, as always, this is such an awesome chat with Daniel. Uh, love catching up with him. Love picking his brain. And um, probably one of the more fascinating parts is just learning about the research in particular that went into this book um, about scuba diving and just marine life and what fascinating creatures sperm whales are. But either way, I'll let you guys get to it. Here is Daniel Krauss. Okay, so today we've got Daniel Kraus here. I think we're welcoming you back for a fourth time here for a fourth Cantina conversation. You're an old friend, so to that speak. Right. <laughs> um, today we're talking about Whale Fall that comes out on August eighth, right? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay, cool. Well, Daniel, also good. You know, good to see you again. Um, thanks for coming by. I. Well, we're going to get into it because I'm familiar with your work and I know you were really excited about this upcoming title. And, um, I know it's, it's, it's kind of a big deal for you just from following you on social and from previous conversations, seeing you at C2E2 and stuff. So, um, I'm, you know, thanks for coming by and I'm, I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, before we get started, can you give like a little summary synopsis so that, um, listeners can follow along with the conversation? Sure. Yeah, this one's pretty easy to, to summarize, which is nice. Um, <laughs> it's about a uh, scuba diver who is swallowed by a sperm whale and has one hour of air left to get out. So that is the very, very short version of this. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that is accurate. I mean, there's other sort of themes going on. But as far as the plot goes, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's such a simplistic view because um, when I heard you kind of talking about this, I think that the previous C2E2, maybe I think it was like earlier this year where we kind of chatted up real quick. Um, you were so excited about it. And I was like, what what can he possibly get into? How can he possibly make a whole book about a guy that gets stuck inside like a whale's stomach? And boy, did you give me that answer? You'll give readers that answer for sure. Um, it was, you know, <laughs> I felt gross. I felt claustrophobic. I felt like, you know, you feel that tension. So very well done. Like that's the point, right? Where you, the reader feels like, is he going to get out? <laughs> so yeah, it's a, I've always really liked one room stories, whether it's a book or a movie, I've always really appreciated things that take place in, limited spaces and this is about as limited as it gets yeah yeah right like to say the least uh why is that is it kind of like it's more challenging like why you know why where you what draws you to that yeah i think i think it's just the challenge of it i think that's what always has always drawn people over the ages is um and what probably drew people back in the day to playwriting um the idea that you limit yourself you limit the tools you have and I'm a big fan of that in, <laughs> in in regards to all sorts of things in my books. Usually when I start a book, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm right off the bat trying to limit myself in some way or another, you know, whether it's through writing style or through format or through plot structure, something that makes that pushes me away from something that's reliable or comfortable for me uh, and makes me have to work in a, in a, a new way. Um, and for this, it was definitely just the, you know, once the guy is swallowed, you have so few options of where to go with your drama. 
Like mm-hmm. there's, there's so few things inside the stomach, but there are some, there's a limited range of movement. There's limits to everything. And to me, that's a really cool challenge. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to get into that because I bet, I know, I think I, from just from reading, um, I think it was like the acknowledgements at the end where there was some interesting research done on your part. So can you get into that as to like everything that, cause you know, he's a scuba diver. I've, I've scuba dived once in my life and it was because my husband really, really wanted to, and it was on our honeymoon. And that was like, oh gosh, almost 10 years ago. So <laughs> it's like, I'd never done it before. I did like a quick, like, crash introductory session um just to get used to the equipment and and the feeling of being submerged and i was like scared shitless i even i i almost chickened out i almost took and we only went down about 50 meters like it wasn't even like you know and but once i did i was like i was so glad that i did because it was just so it was it was definitely an incredible experience and just to like kind of step into that next level of, of the, of, of human adventure, you know, for lack of better words. So like, how, how did you kind of like get into doing the research and get into this space and making sure that everything was like authentic and like, you know, just really lifelike, you know, how, how did you get into that? Well, I mean, that was uh, along with the limited uh, space. That was the the appeal of the challenge is to, to do this, uh, really scientifically with, with scientific accuracy as much as was, was humanly possible. Uh, <laughs> because, and you know, the story is sort of has been, has been done in kind of myth and legend and lore, you know, whether it's the Bible or Pinocchio or whatever, like, but it's never been taken seriously. And so if I was going to take it seriously, I want to take it really seriously yeah. and make every bit of it um, plausible to, to me that, if I if I was going to write a story about someone being swallowed by a a dragon, well, I could just kind of make things up. <laughs> that's, that's not as much of a challenge. Like I want to be, I want to be able to say to you now that everything in this book could happen. Like that's inter- that's exciting to me, um, and it makes it spookier. It makes yep. it generally Scary. more awesome <laughs> to, to, to know that everything in there is possible. And not not just scary, but also just more amazing. Yeah. You know, uh, sperm whales are amazing, horribly bizarre creatures. So, but of course, I knew nothing about whales, absolutely nothing. So, I really had to start from the absolute beginning. Um, so, you know, I contacted Mary Roach the morning after I came up with the idea for the book, and I thought maybe she would have talked to someone at some point about this kind of topic, like because she talks to so many people about so many weird things. <laughs> and she and she had, and she sent me to a whale scientist who confirmed to me that it, although it had likely never happened, it, being swallowed a sperm whale in particular could happen. No other whale could swallow you, not even close. Uh, their throats are way too small. Yeah. And so then he introduced me to more whale scientists, and then we were really off to the races. Yeah. Uh, although that's that makes it sound like it was fast. It was really like exploring a, a cave with a candle. Like it was, because mm. I, I didn't even know, all I had was a concept. I couldn't even begin to plot it because I didn't know what was possible. You know, like how big is the stomach? Can you walk yeah. around? Can you stand up? <laughs> Man, I don't know anything. What does it feel like? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? Uh, it, I literally knew nothing. And I had to sort of 
just kind of point the light over here and say, what's over here? And then they would tell me and I would say, well, what's that do? And they would say something and I would say, well, what happens if you pull on it? It was painstaking to go through this. And eventually though, I led them into some unexpected places where they were like, you know, I never thought about this. Oh, wow. But you're right. If someone did this to this piece of the body, it might do this. And suddenly we were coming up with, really interesting new ideas that were really exciting to them. Um, and yeah, and to answer your previous question, yeah, I did learn to scuba dive. It wasn't something that I was interested in either because I'm yeah. not, a, I'm not all <laughs> really. Yeah. I'm not someone who uh, spends much time in the water. Like uh, seeking adventure. Like I no. I, I'm like that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you know, cause I have two little boys now, like kids, like, I'm I'm fine with just on the beach with my book or a poolside with my book. Like I'll get in the water if I have to. Like I don't. It's not something I'm like. Yeah, okay, let's go. <laughs> so I'm right there yeah. with you. Yeah, I, I, mean, I my, literally for every second of the book, my divers in a in scuba gear. So I I needed to know. Yeah, what it felt like and what it sounded like, and you know all that stuff. So it was really really important that I did it, but um. It, yeah, I wasn't really thrilled about doing it. <laughs> but you had to, right? I think like yeah. a couple of the details, it's like, you know, just with him forgetting his gloves or whatever, you know, yeah. those little details like that where, you know, if there are people who read your book and who have done, I don't know, 50 dives, they 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 get that and they understand that. And they're like, yeah, yeah what are they, what is he doing? Like, oh, yeah. that sucks. Like what? <laughs> I also had a... a- dive expert, you know, like, so I had someone who was a professional diver who I could ask more specific questions to, because my experience was more just for general sense. Sure. Um, and he did the actual dive that's in the book. He did it twice. Cause there was along a- with the monastery beach, the whole. Yeah. So, like- uh, yeah. So off monastery beach, which is just South of Monterey in California, d- swimming out about 30 minutes, I guess, 20 or 30 minutes to the edge of Monterey Canyon. And that's kind of where, the character gets swallowed. So he did those dives and he videotaped them. So I had sort of an underwater look at the entire dive. So I could, for that part of the book, I actually had a complete record of what my diver was seeing. Yeah. That's awesome. That is so, I bet like that's such valuable, valuable piece of even just recording that you could like kind of go back to as you're like writing oh, yeah. your story and write it, filling in the details and, having that like right there, I, I would be terrified. Like I would be like, Nope, I am good. I'm going to hang out right here. (laughs) Like, wait, you know? Yeah. Cause I remember, um, you know, when I, during my experience, like I said, like we didn't go that deep and we were with like a group of, uh, like my husband and then like four other people, um, very really small excursion group. But I just, yeah, I remember like just once you, the most important part was like regulating your breathing Cause that's such, it has to become like where you don't think about it. It has to become like, you know, where you're, you do a second nature so that you can focus on everything else. Because like, I think I heard what a lot of people, what a lot of first timers or, uh, newbies had trouble with is breathing too much. Yeah. And then they expend their oxygen too quickly. And so I, I knew that was like one of the first things I had to like just kind of, kind of like just chill and get down yeah. so that I could just 
be there and relax and enjoy the experience. And then once I did, I remember like, it was so cool, like kind of just seeing everything down there. But also I just remember I got way too close to like an eel, like, <laughs> cause I was just there and I was like ch- kind of checking it out. And, and when we got up, people were like, no, like that was way too close, Megan. Like, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Like I got a picture of me, um, in it and like where you kind of see where I'm kind of like there, but I, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, I honestly almost chickened out and I, I just did it because it was, we're on our honeymoon. We're newlyweds. And I did it because that, that was the one thing that he really, really, really wanted to do. And so I that's, mean, it is magical. Like it does feel yeah. like you're flying. And I, you know, as simple as it sounds, I couldn't really get over the fact that I was breathing underwater. Like just that alone is so amazing. Like we, we take for granted that we have created this, incredible technology that's it's absolutely miraculous uh but you're right like once you know you have to be you have to try to breathe normal um in the book he calls it breathing sleepy um which is really hard where when you're in danger and yeah. so immediately when he's swallowed or whatever he's he realizes he needs to regulate his breathing or he's going to run out of air even um more quickly uh, which is why all the chapters are headlined with the PSI level of the tank. Cause I really yeah, want re- really ge- genius idea on your part. <laughs> Cause it's, it like well, adds all- to the suspense, right? Like, yeah. And it also the sense of urgency. Yeah. You're seeing the, the, the air tick down with every chapter and that's part of it. And that actually led to the reason why the chapters are so short. And I've never written something with the chap with like James Patterson style chapters before where everything's, two one two or three pages long really short chapters but i wanted to always be aware of that that ticking away of the air yeah especially when something particularly dangerous happens he's going to start using air more quickly exactly exactly especially with like you don't know what because he can't see what the whale's encountering on the outside or like you don't which he does encounter the whale it is a he right because you went over this in the story because he he's by himself, so it's a he. Because otherwise, if it, it was female, he'd be she'd be with a pod. So um, yeah, it it is just you never know. Like okay, he's in his own little like situation, his own battle, his own like you know objective to just get out. And then the whale on the outside is still living his his life, living his normal dangers you know, normal situations on the outside. And, you know, we'll, we'll try to be spoiler free depending on what you feel comfortable with sharing. But I, yeah, it was just like, that was kind of adds to like, what, what could he possibly, what could he possibly include in this story where it's just about a guy, a teenager stuck in a whale and it's like, okay, uh, now I see like, he, you never, yeah. And so I imagine that was like with the whole thing that, um, because sperm whales, what their only other uh, predator is uh, the orcas. The orcas, yeah. yeah. Those the orcas, assholes. like <laughs> yeah, orcas, yeah. They're the they're the real assholes of the sea. Yeah, uh, I mean, sperm whales are just like so peaceful and and godlike and just wonderful. Um, and orcas are like little gangs of ruffians. And if <laughs> enough of them gang up against a uh, sperm whale, they can they can kill it for sure. Mm-hmm. So that's the only predator the sperm whale has. And, and yeah. you know, humans, obviously, their main predator. But even then, it's like it takes a group, right? It's not just one singular. Um, yeah. I mean, you're not really going to get a single person in a boat going after a sperm yeah. whale. <laughs> but you'll have, you know, I mean, sperm whale, you know, hunting is illegal now, except for um, uh, in Japan, they, they still do it. 
they don't care. I don't know. Like, are they? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, so, that's a whole other podcast, but yeah, right. <laughs> um, so whale fall. I had to look up the definition. Can you um share that? Sure. Whale fall is a term that refers to a dead whale. So when a whale dies, in a in a, the most typical ways, it will float to the bottom of the sea, and generally whales. Sperm whales, anyway, are going to live where the sea is very deep because that's where they're going to go hunting for squid and whatnot. So that's why I set it off Monterey Canyon because Monterey Canyon is like the Grand Canyon, except it's just underwater. It's like a steep drop kind of steep, thing. Steep, yeah. insanely steep drop right terrifying. off. Terrifying. <laughs> totally terrifying. Like if you look yeah. at cut- cutaways of Monterey Canyon, it's just horrifying. Actually, if you look at it at Google Maps, you can actually see it. Like it's so dark. And oh, deep. like the difference in like the opacity or whatever. Yeah. You, like, can, you, yeah. Can, you can see it's like, a, uh, it's like the grand Canyon. It's wild. But anyway, so a whale falls when a whale dies and floats to the bottom of the sea. And then its body then um, as it decomposes really uh, creates generations, hundreds of years of life. Uh, so from one death, you get millions of all sorts of, uh, simple organisms, crabs, moss, and algae, and just it goes on and on. They're like mm-hmm. different, er, like decades of different waves of creatures that will feed off of the whale. So it's it's a really kind of beautiful concept that one of these gods can that are the size of planets, right. which is other animals can really right. their 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 death can create untold amounts of life. Yeah, and I I kind of caught that once. Um, you kind of Jay's perspective, the person who gets swallowed, he he kind of called refers to that as like a a worthy death versus washing up on shore. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah, like once I kind of understood that, I was like, oh, like, and I imagine it's so rare for people to witness that for you know scientists, marine biologists who have you to see that in action, let alone mm-hmm. seeing a sperm whale in the flesh, you know, you know, yeah. like it's, I am at, you know, once I learned that I was like, cause he said like, Oh, it's like, it's like a right, like a worthy passing of having hit, you know, the whale fall, like a worthy bar- burial or whatever. And so I, once I, it was like, the, once you realize that it's like the implications are, are so much larger. Cause yeah, like sperm whales are huge. Like I didn't even, you, you know, you kind of like, if you're not kind of immersed with that environment all the time, or you're not studying that all the time, you don't really under, you know, you kind of like are aware of it. So I was kind of aware of it. Like, yeah, sperm whales are huge, like huge. And second to that is uh, their, their food. The biggest food that they have is the giant squid. Right. And then you like, you know, you when compare the sizes, you're like, Oh, holy shit. And then once I realized like the definition of the whale fall, when they fall to the, to the sea floor and they just provide so much, you know, sustenance and nutrients and all that stuff to, to the bigger, you know, biology, the bigger um, ecology of the ocean. It's like, Oh, like, but that makes sense. Right. But I didn't realize it like was so long standing. I didn't realize yeah. that it takes a long time for that. Mm. It takes a really long time. And I, you know, come to think of it, I've been writing about, good deaths and good burials ever since rotters so that's like 20 <laughs> books ago um i was gonna say because i read that book too and i um because I, I think i did read that book probably after i read bet heavens because i was like you're looking at your you know 
your archive, your, your library there. And I do, I think that book changed me. I'm like, I don't want to be buried. So did that kind of like, yeah, should we like change your trajectory and like how you look at things? Like definitely like, like I, Rodgers really instilled in me, you know, it really created a villain for me in my life, which is the funeral industry. Uh, mm. Really, I really distrust and dislike the funeral industry. I don't agree with um, how they operate. I'm not a big fan of, although obviously cemeteries are beautiful and it's ir- irresistible to walk around them and look at the monuments. And, and like stuff. someone's got to do it, right? Like, well, I don't gotta, know. There's got to be something. I don't know. Well, we don't want like bodies or other people taking matters into their own hands. I don't know. But go on, go on with your thought. <laughs> I, I don't. How most people are buried is sort of disgusting. Like, there's no good reason we should be pumping bodies full of chemicals and sticking them in the ground. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, so back in the Rodgers, I, I wrote about <laughs> I wrote about how the 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 father character really wanted a different kind of burial. He digs up bodies all day. He doesn't want to become one of those piles of sludge in a box. Yeah. To be eaten by birds, like have his corpse eat my birds and the birds will sort of poop him out over the, the sea and it'll be awesome. So the sort of equivalent of that in whale fall is uh, a whale fall. Whereas a, a bad death for a whale is a whale that gets beached, um, which is happening more and more often these days mm. and is a, is a real mis- It remains a mystery to why whales. Beach like how some- does that happen? Right? Like, yeah. yeah. So sometimes whales will, a, a single whale will beach. And sometimes it'll be a hundred whales will beach like, and clearly they're all kind of swimming together. And the, the, the thing that goes wrong with one of them is going wrong with all of them. Yeah. It's all sorts of theories on, on what's going on there. But one thing's for sure is it's, it's not suicide. It's something has gone wrong. Uh, and generally, you know, it's when well, yeah. I mean, generally, when things go that wrong in the animal kingdom. It's it's our fault somehow. Or with like such a like a large population or a large happenstance, right? Like a repetitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like they're being just to give you one of the many theories, uh, and it's probably a bunch of these things. You know, <laughs> the the noise that we're making in the sea through various drilling. Right. And, yeah. Uh, it confuses them. You know, sperm whales in particular navigate with like echolocation like bats and there's all sorts of ways for that to get confused and yeah. suddenly they're they they think they're in a deep water and they're on the seabed and they and they they can't get off and sometimes they die in the sea and then their bodies wash up there's all sorts of variables yeah yeah and to kind of piggyback off of that like with that whole father son thing um because the whole toxic father or you know complicated father-son relationship you've explored before um how did how did this time i want to explore like how did this time differ from what you've done in the past and did you kind of like what kind of draws you to adding that because i don't want you know i want to be spoiler free but like you to add into that like you know human condition and the human human experience situation that jay is in the whole reason that he goes out there in the first place is for his dad who you know, took his own life and he's, he got a complicated toxic father son relationship. And so I kind of want to like explore that. Like how was this experience incorporating that into this story different than, you know, what you've done in the past and did, you know, 
How, how did that go for you? Yeah. I mean, my second and third book, Rodgers and Scholar, were both about um, father and son relationships. And then I, I sort of consciously tried to, um, to sort of put that to bed and kind of go away and write about other things. Like, like the um, teddies. <laughs> yeah. Like all, all sorts of things. Yeah. Like anything yeah. but that. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> then when I came up with this concept for whale fall, uh, it immediately struck me as such a powerful idea. I immediately thought everyone's going to get this. Like everyone is going to hear this premise and they're going to, it's, there's, it's almost a magic premise. Like it's going to like, it's going to do something in people's brains. They did to my brain. As soon as I thought of it, my brain was just on fire. And I thought there's something primordial about this idea that is really going to hit people, regardless yeah. of if the book is any good, just the idea <laughs> is, is going to hit people. Uh, so I, I thought it was going to, it had the potential to be really powerful. And I wanted to pair that with something that I felt really strongly about. And even though I had been sort of writing around certain father-son relationships in my book, books, um, I feel like I'd never really plowed right through the center of it. Like, and it, it just felt like I want to, I want to give this book everything, the best of everything I've got. And that was it. So I didn't try to get too fancy with it. I just said, all right, this is a, he's out there gathering the bones of his father as sort of a peace offering to the rest of his family. That's why he's out there. He gets swallowed by the whale while looking for his father's remains. And while he's in there injured and suffering methane poisoning and hallucinating and panicking begins to conflate his dead father and the whale as being a single creature almost like as if the whale has absorbed his father died in the same water so that's that becomes the the primal the primary and primal uh center of the book is can he sort of make reparations with his dad in time to accept all the things his dad tried to teach him but he would never was interested in hearing it because his dad was so abusive to him uh if they can kind of reconcile in a way inside the stomach there are things his dad taught him that could be helpful in helping him get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is, um, I mean, you've got a bunch of titles published under your name and I think, is this the first piece that you wrote where it's the son reflecting on the relationship versus like currently in the relationship? Yeah. I'm looking at my books. (laughs) Yeah. Because I know Rodders, it was like his father was still alive and he was still doing his thing. And Yeah, I think so. I mean, the the dad in this book is dead, you know, when the book starts. Um, but the book is filled with little flashbacks um, yeah. all across, you know, the diver's life. Um, yeah. Really little to, you know, a year or two before. So, so yeah. how did, was it challenging for you to kind of like, how did you approach that? Um bouncing back and forth in between like flashbacks and, and current, you know, current storylines type of things. Did you, was that challenging or were you just, it was, was it just kind of like a, you had to kind of like fish back into your previous experiences or writing methods and kind of make that happen? Yeah. I mean, it was challenging. Yeah. It was probably the most challenging thing. Like yeah, understanding the biology of the whale, of course, was very, very challenging, but like that was something fact-based that I could sort of like, I just work at it till I understood it, you know, like objectively kind of like, yeah, like I, would just, yeah. Like I knew the understanding could be attained. I just had to figure it out. <laughs> right. Uh, 
didn't just talk to experts until I understood it. Uh, the the most difficult thing in the actual writing was definitely the patterns of sort of the four story and then the the flashbacks because it's way more complicated than it looks. When it's if it's working, then it seems sort of effortless. You're just sort of popping back and forth, but it's a it's a pile of dominoes really. And if you move one thing, you know I'm yeah. going to take this flashback here. I'm going to delete this flashback or I'm going to move this flashback, and it screws up the pattern for like yeah. the entire book. <laughs> Right. Uh, you're not moving back and forth in the right pattern anymore. You're you're too much with the diver or you're too much in the past. Suddenly, if you move a scene, you're talking about something that you haven't introduced yet. So it's a, it's, it was, it was, every book has its own nightmare. And the one in this <laughs> book was, was getting all those flashbacks uh, to work like in, yeah. and in order. Yeah, yeah, because also you don't go. The flashbacks don't happen sequentially, right? Like sometimes no. you go to, you sometimes you go to like you know what 2018, and the next time you go to a flashback, it's like 2015, and the next one you do like 2020, and it's like, you know. So yeah, I, I imagine that's challenging. What did you have like a bunch of post-it notes, or did you have like a big poster board, <laughs> like well, have, you know, try various, to connect the dots and kind of. I mean, I had various documents. Um, this book just had a ton of different documents I had written, and one would be like. This is all the stuff about whale biology, and this is other documents, all the stuff about whale history, and this document is all the stuff uh, in Jay's life, who's the diver. This is all the stuff in the dad's life, and it was it was just a matter of getting them all to line up in an order that made sense. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. It's just it's a lot harder than it sounds. Uh, well, you make it look easy, but that's the point, right? That just speaks to your talent and your experience, because. I remember like during our interviews together, you're just like, Oh, I'm just, I'm always looking for the new challenge. I'm always looking to switch it up and to restrict myself. And -hmm. I think that's just like such, so powerful as an author who you obviously you, you love writing and you have fun and you want the reader to have fun too. And it's, but in order to keep having fun, you don't want to get bored. You want to like keep trying out new things and, and checking in new genres and appealing to new audiences and, I think yeah. that was part that was part of my gripe when you when you started writing the Teddy saga. I'm like, what do you where do you get off writing yeah. such dark shit for like middle schoolers? Yeah. And and your answer was so perfect. You're like, well, they don't have to read it. If they don't like it, they can put it away. Like they can put yeah. it down. <laughs> I'm like yeah. that's so true. Cause like I'm looking I have I bought the copies now that I have you I had you sign too. And I'm just like like they're still on my to read list. Like my to read list is backlog, but I'm like I don't know. Even so, I don't know. Like I got to prepare myself to get into it. Cause I know, yeah. I know you, I know your writing. I know how you are, <laughs> but that's, that's a part of it. Right. Cause you just, you not only have to challenge yourself, but that's just your style and you want to hold true to your style, but also like, what can I do with it? Right. Like, how can I, what, what can keep you going? And yeah, I mean, the, you know, the and make it good for the readers too. Yeah. And the downside is when you change up, so much as I do, you know, you're, you're, you're going to lose every time you go off the beaten path. And I would say, what is the beaten path? I would say the beaten path <laughs> is, is Rotter, Scholar, Bent Heavens, maybe the living dead. Like, like that's sort of where that's sort of the mean, you know, the, the sort of middle of all the weird stuff that I do. That's sort of, <laughs> that, that, that is the, the biggest part of the Venn diagram, I guess. That's like where most people, uh, find me and expect to find me. So every time I go out of that, I think I definitely lose readers. 
I'm sure I gain I gain some too, of course. Sure. Yeah. But I'm gonna right. I'm gonna lose some of the I'm gonna confuse some of the audience. <laughs> but I don't I don't see how else to do it. Like Yeah. I have I am I have both respect for and I'm completely baffled by the people who like write long series and they're on book seventeen of whatever. Same. I don't know. I don't know how it well, it's like at that point you like I don't know, it's like you turn short stories into longer narratives i don't i don't get that either i like i think the most i've read in a series is like maybe four the four books in a series which i think if i were writing fewer books i I could probably afford just like financially to take fewer risks because you each book would be more important to the big picture yeah yeah Uh, but i'm so prolific that i think i that i have bought myself the opportunity to um, experiment. Uh, so if I if I do a, a crime book like Blood Sugar or something, that's completely not what anyone's expecting from me, and it fails. I'm not saying it failed, but if it did fail, <laughs> uh, it it wouldn't it wouldn't be a career ruiner because I've got two other books out that year, you know. And so or I'm, you're I'm or you're yeah exactly you're working on like two three more yeah yeah so I'm able to experiment and feel okay about it and that's and those off-brand books that's the stuff that keeps them going like doing blood sugar made me able to write the living dead and that made me able to write uh teddies and the break of teddies made me able to write the ghost that ate us and so forth and so on like Mm -hmm. they're all such great palate cleansers to the next thing i want to do otherwise it would just be a a grind i think yeah where you would feel like you weren't you weren't doing it for you. You're kind of just doing it because that's what people expect or that's yeah. what is next on the to-do list. Right. Where, whereas right. things that you kind of explore outside or on the out- outskirts of the Venn diagram. So you say, it's kind of like, well, what, you know, what can I do here? What can I do here? Like who, who else, who else can I reach? And yeah. what, how, how will people receive this? Right. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> like, um, I don't think about it explicitly in those terms of who else can I reach and how I think more like just like what, what can I do now that will catch my own attention? What, yeah. what can I get super, <laughs> super excited about? Cause I've never done it before. Yeah. The yeah, last, definitely. the last, like my nightmares sitting here and thinking like, Hmm, I haven't done a werewolf book yet. Maybe I'll do a werewolf. <laughs> like that, that, like, that kind of thing would be just like <clears throat> death to me. Like, I don't want to ever be just going down a checklist and like you have, you do it cause you have to kind of thing or, or yeah. Like I want, yeah. I want my brain to be on fire from an idea and I want to sort of fear the idea. Like if I've got an idea and I'm thinking, I don't have any idea how I'm going to do this. I don't know how to write a middle grade trilogy about teddy bears. I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to write a scientifically, accurate book about the inside of a whale like I, right you know i don't know how to do any of these things and so the by learning how to do them it's i think that comes off on the page hopefully like the excitement of of having to have a bunch of new ideas all the time yeah and it it does because jay you the reader is kind of discovering with jay like because jay's never been inside of a whale right yeah right <laughs> so like you know, the reader's kind of discovering along with him, uh, this is a new situation for him and he is like so restricted in not only his resources, but in his, how much time he has left. And that's fucking terrifying. 
to be in a situation where, and then plus like in the book, it's been two years since the last time he did that. So it's the last time he put a scuba suit on and, and got in the water. And even then it's like, he is, you know, there's other things happening on the beach where he was hoping to do it. And he's trying to be sneaky about it. And, for that reason, nobody knows that he's out there. Nobody knows right. that like, oh, hey, it's been 40 minutes since right. we've seen. Do we hear a pot of orcas coming by? Is that a problem? Like, is he going to yeah. be okay? It's like any other day, if anybody knew he was there, probably not. Like, no, we should probably look for him, probably make sure he's okay. But nobody knew he was out there because he was trying to, you know, be on like a covert, secretive, a family significant mission and self like you know growth <laughs> character development mission and then it like kind of backfires on him a little bit because he's he's got no one he's got nothing nobody knows what he's doing nobody knows that he's there and it's all it's only him and and the whale and whatever else is in the whale's stomach <laughs> yeah. yeah it's kind of like 127 hours where like the guy is like no one knows he's out there he's caught between the rocks like no one's coming to help him um, it, it was really helpful to go out to Monastery Beach, uh, which is not a large beach, really. Um, but when you're actually out there, you can. I was able to just really scope it out and say, "All right, so this is this is." And I just taped it. I just kind of like my diver taped his dive. I just I videotaped the walk, you know, from the parking lot through this sort of field down these broken stairs. And then I could see, all right, here's here's a bunch of rocks. Here's where he could hide from the other people and kind of make a, a weird entry into yeah. the that's a little more dangerous, but nobody would be able to see him. Were you scared? Well, I wasn't diving there. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> when you did dive, were you scared at all? Like, were you yeah, kind of yeah, like, Ugh. Yeah, I, was, I'm, yeah, I was, was scared because I'm just not a good swimmer. Uh, oh okay see i my dad he was a he was on the swim team in high school so me and my brother he made sure that we knew how to swim as soon as you know we were like toddlers he put us in swim lessons so i never i've never feared open water i only fear open water because i don't know what the fuck is out there but i know how to swim i know how to keep myself Mm -hmm. alive and afloat but other than that that i think that's probably what terrified me of going like underwater and you know, just getting, going at the next level that I had no desire <laughs> to do. So, yeah. So you don't know how to swim that well and you still did this and, and you I mean, I can, it. you know, I can kind of like tread water or whatever, but I can't, but the thing is that I didn't really realize that scuba diving is kind of perfect for people who can't swim because you don't need to know how to swim to scuba dive. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess you're right. You kind of just like mosey down there. Yeah. You don't, you don't really need any swimming knowledge. You can breathe. So that's taken care of. <laughs> you use your uh bcd uh trigger to sort of go up and down so it's it's almost like you're in a little submersible of yourself like you, yeah. you sort of operate yourself like a a, a vehicle uh, <laughs> so that ended up not really being an issue so it was it was actually a delightful experience overall so where you kind of like you were scared a little bit but then you were like oh no this is this is cool yeah, I was scared at first. Like when you take your your first breaths underwater, like I remember thinking, like I may not, I probably don't have this on, uh, you know, connected to my face right, and there's going to be <laughs> water going down my throat. But like once you breathe a few times, then it's sort of like it allows you to re- really relax, and then you can say, okay, now I can just focus on the swimming. My issue was that a uh, a weight, one of my because you wear dive weights to sort yeah. of 
force yourself to sink. Yeah. And I, I had, I didn't have a right weight in one of my sides. Oh no. So I was done. So as I was kind of like tilting. Yeah. So the whole time (laughs) my left half of my body was always rolling upward and I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong and nobody could figure it out until we got, oh, you didn't have the weight on your left side. And so that like, yeah, and that will fuck up the whole time, right? Because you're like concentrating on that and that's, you're distracted by that. Yeah. Like, I just why always, can't, I was always you're like trying to use your muscle or whatever, like to, to compensate. Yeah, I was always fighting against that half of my body. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no. See, that's where I'm like, no, I totally recognize what you're talking about. Cause I did it. And I was like, I remember, um, you know, we had a, we had a suit up and then we had to like kind of gauge our, our shit and then i just remember like i don't know i remember one of the more annoying things was learning the hand signals i think because it's like you want to do thumbs up like yeah it's all good but no thumbs up means like no take me up right now like where it's like the okay symbol symbol means like yeah cool we're good and so i had a (laughs) but i remember because my husband he you know i told him i was like i don't think i'm gonna do this like i don't know how i'm gonna make it like because at the first the practice round um my mask wasn't on right and so it kept water kept seeping in and i was like i do not want to go 50 meters underwater with this experience and so i was like scared i didn't know what to do i was not i was like i'm not about this and so right where about we were about to go down but climb the rope down i told my husband i was like i don't i don't know if i'm gonna do this and the instructor was like okay well you just we go down there you give me the signal if you're not if you don't want to do it the boat i'll tell the boat to keep an eye out blah 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 and so once i got down there i was like oh my mask is secure all right this is good like i can get past this that's my most the biggest worry (laughs) and then i remember we're underwater and my husband did like the okay symbol and then to joke around i i gave him the finger (laughs) And then I just see him laughing and all these bubbles like come up and I'm like, oh, no, did I fuck his shit up? (laughs) But it was just like it was really funny because I was like, well, fuck you. I'm doing this for you kind of thing. Like, you're the only reason why I would ever do this. But it was like I said before, I I wouldn't take back the experience for for anything. It was I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I stepped out of my comfort zone and that I did, you know, that that I went through with it. I, you know. I sucked it up and and made him happy because he he's you know he's an Eagle Scout and he's done all this he's trained and he's he's done this before and that's why he was so excited because our honeymoon we did it in Mexico like off the coast of like um Cancun um Riviera Maya and so there's like a bunch of places beautiful places there to to check out um underwater so it was yeah it was really cool but yeah like I <laughs> I was saying like I was just. When you're saying like, you know, you're, you had a diver that went off, did that dive. I'm like, no, absolutely not. I would have seen that and been like, I'm going to chill out like 50 feet back where I'm nowhere near. Cause that's with their character. That's like kind of what he's doing. He's just kind of like doing his thing. And then some, he sees something and he's like kind of hypnotized a little bit. Cause it's so beautiful. Yeah. And then before he knows it, he's getting sucked in and it's like, to me, that's like that could happen. Like <laughs> that could happen so easily. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it only happens in the book because they're over Monterey Canyon. Like, you know, watching the video that my diver, my real diver, shot. It's it's exactly what you think it's going to be. You know, for a while, it's all these fish and interesting starfish and little creatures, and and then all of a sudden, the world just ends. 
and like there's these this sort of almost right angle 45 degree angle that goes down and it just looks like like a jaw there's just these like rocks and they just instantly vanish yeah. uh, and that's just a straight down and that's that's where you could i mean you're probably still not gonna get swallowed by a whale but but like you know he my diver wasn't gonna go swim out over that like yeah yeah that's even though you're swimming and swimming it's the idea that there's nothing below you no 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 thank you like yeah that guy that's terrifying yeah because that's probably because you're saying it's like that's probably the area where there would be huge sea creatures like that hanging out that close to the shore right because it's just such a steep drop yeah oh that's so crazy Ugh. No, thank you. Um, I want to piggyback off of something that you were talking about before. You said the most challenging part was, I think, was kind of just like switching back and forth between the past and flashbacks and the present and kind of syncing that up and all that. Um, what would you say uh, was the most enjoyable part about this this title, hmm. about writing the story? That's a good question. I mean, I really did enjoy just like once... It it was so front loaded with research that once I had all the research done and I had the outline, the outline was pretty locked in. Like there's there wasn't really any margin for error. Like every second of this guy's journey was pretty much locked into that outline. Do you usually outline? I think you yeah, were not I an do. Okay. I, okay. I, I do. I couldn't remember. But this would this really had to be severely outlined. Um because there's every I can't just decide that he's going to go on a side trip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's, he's got only the amount of time he's got in the location where he's at. So it was, it was very, um, very, very limited. And I really enjoyed that once I got going because the work, the science work was mostly done. And I had this little model uh, that I bought this little model of a diver, like a, almost like a Barbie action figure type of thing. Um, and it was really well jointed, so you could move its limbs around in a lot of detailed ways. And so I always used this diver to, I always had it sort of in front of me to sort of uh, keep me uh, reminded of what position the diver was in. And so if he rolled onto his side, I would move the model. And if he lifted a, a hand to brace the stomach on top, I'd, I'd lift the hand. So I always oh, that's so enjoyed fun. <laughs> I enjoyed that sort of specificity. Like I, I yeah. could really monitor what was happening in a really, really minute way. And that was, that was fun. I enjoyed the in-person stuff. I like. I really did like visiting Monastery Beach and seeing it's a really dramatic place. So that was really, really cool. I, you know, I enjoyed most of it. Uh, like I said, the, the only, there was, a frustration with myself occasionally when I couldn't understand biologic concepts, you know, mm. like there were certain body parts that I just could not understand no matter how many times they were explained to me and showed <laughs> me on diagrams and just, it was hard because I, I had this book, you know, that's a sort of an academic book that's for uh whale scientists that just is pages and pages of just sort of guts and chopped up whales. And so so you can sort of like see the different parts of them, but they're chopped up in such a way that especially the throat where it's like, I it was still hard to imagine, you know, cause I'd be seeing it chopped down the center, but from a different angle and it, yeah. it was hard to put together in my head. 
What exactly? It's like maybe hard for the human brain to like kind of conceptualize like like where where do we fit into that right like relative relative size like because we know like human size and we know like car bus sizes we know yeah building skyscraper sizes put that into something that we don't encounter every day from a different angle it's totally understandable that you'd be like "Uh, what like what so that was an occasional frustration with myself but that stuff was fun too it was really only (laughs) only the editing of the the flashbacks was really what I would say was not fun because okay. every time I did it, it upset the whole book. So that was <laughs> It's like you kind of dreaded it. You kind of dreaded getting the feedback from your editor or whatever, like with all the sad yeah. faces or markups. and Yeah, usually like feedback from editor doesn't screw up <laughs> like so much so quickly. You know, to, to delete a single, and the chapters are, like I said, are short, but to, to delete a single one threw off the weight of the whole book. Yeah, yeah. So I'd have to, I'd have to reweight everything. Yeah. <laughs> Pun intended, right? Like, yeah, it's, and it was like when I didn't have my weight when I was diving. Like, like he'd get rid of a chapter, was like getting rid of my left. Yeah. And yeah, so compensate. The book was like floating in a janky way that I would have to then address. There you go. There you go. It all comes full circle. Like you, you got too meta with it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, would you do it again? Or do you find a new hobby? Would you feel more comfortable scuba diving? Yeah, I think I would do it again. I think I'd be scared again, but uh, I think I I would do it again. I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm what what I the, what I didn't do on this on this book. The only thing that I didn't do was I didn't go on a whale watching. Okay. Oh, really? Because um, that you feature that in a couple chapters or yeah, a couple he, of uh, Jay's brief, experiences. Yeah. Yeah. There's a brief time where his dad uh, runs a whale watching boat, and I get I just get so sick on boats. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh, I, that's sorry. That's so funny because you wrote a book about the ocean, about sat in the ocean, and you were like, yeah, "No, I'm not." not it's not. My stomach I, I should, does not agree with it. <laughs> I should specify that it's not really a boat book. You know, like it's not like a book set on a boat. You know, right? So it's like it's not that. Like if I had written a book that was really this book is going to be on a boat, I would have gone and spent some time on a boat. But it really was sort of a side thing. So I, I let myself off that hook. Your next book, you you got to go on a boat. You know, I wrote extensively <laughs> about a uh, aircraft carrier in the Living oh, Dead. Oh, that's right. And that, but you you refer, you asked experts, right? You asked pre, like military or aircraft members. Yeah, and I visited an actually, aircraft carrier. Yeah, it, it wasn't. But at that sea. Yeah, that doesn't feel like a boat either, right? It feels like just like another building, right? Yeah, yeah. but but what I'm saying is that I I few things have I researched more heavily than that boat that aircraft carrier. <laughs> I don't ever want to write something that's on a boat ever again. It was so <laughs> arduous. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of there with you. I mean, I've I've obviously I've been scuba diving, but I've been um I've been on a handful. <laughs> well, kayaks, small boats, but that's those are lakes, right? That's not open ocean. I I've never been on a cruise. Um, yeah. 
I've been on, you know, been to beaches, but I'm not like on open water. I, I don't know. Just open water just like terrifies me. I'm like, I think that's yeah. like one of my worst fears. It's just, it's almost akin to the movie Gravity where you're just like mm-hmm. stuck in space and you have to find your way home and you've got like nothing and you you could just easily just float off and nobody could get to you. Yeah. And, or you'd be dead before they get to you. And that's like, to me, that's kind of like open waters is just like it anything goes out there there's a bunch of creatures out there you're in their turf and the waves like are like what fucking like 50 feet high waves and and it's i'm i'm not gonna put myself in that situation if i can help it so i don't know i'm right there with you i'm like but i'm saying you know i guess that that uh that's that's the next piece that you maybe have to put to your channel your your list of challenges in the future Boats, huh? Well, I mean, I did grow up in Iowa, so there, I, there were no oceans, but I did spend a lot of time on fishing boats. Okay, yeah. So, so if I, you fall, if you fall off, you're, you know, you should be fine, right? Like, well, yeah, you'd have a little. Ideally, you'd have a light vest, right? <laughs> floating in your little pond, and be fine. A very, very little threat. <laughs> like, no, there's nothing. Not, in that. not life threatening. Um, okay, so. Uh, a couple of questions left before we wrap up here. Um, what advice would you give to Jay? To Jay, like, what at uh, what state? Like, at the beginning of the book? At the end of the book? Uh, yeah, how about the end? Hmm, that's, well, that's difficult, because then we have to spoil it. Okay, you, so how about, well, what, what's the most difficult advice, what, what piece of, uh, you know, what's the most difficult stage to give him the advice? Hmm. Because I feel like the middle would maybe be the most difficult. Yeah, the yeah. Beginning I, I, would, I, would, the beginning would be like, uh, can you do it with a supervisor? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, I think. I think you know Jay does does better than you know ninety nine percent of people would do in the whale for sure because he's able to draw upon these things that his dad taught him. Uh, he does make some stupid mistakes though. Like the one of the first things he does is he moves forward, and that's sort of natural instinct you know you're in a whale you want to get out it doesn't seem like you can turn around because it's too tight and he goes forward and that's a bad idea uh because one of the things i can can tell listeners is that the second stomach whales have four stomachs the second stomach is worse than the first stomach or first stomach is terrible uh it's it whales chew with their stomachs sperm whales do so you're getting crushed in the first stomach Mm. but the second stomach is where all the acid is and so i Give them advice to not do that. Don't go into the second stomach. Uh, Would you say goes, go into the third stomach? Like what happens? Well, you can't go into the third stomach. He uh, he tries because the second stomach is an acid pit, essentially. Yeah. That his wetsuit helps him a, a bit, but eventually the wetsuit would dissolve. And he thinks about the third stomach, but the uh, you can't. a human can't get in. It's, the opening is way too, too small. small. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because so, nothing uh, there is nothing is expected to go through there, right? Like, well, other the, than the, other than what's already been dissolved. Yeah, the dissolved squid will go to. Yeah. The- <laughs> oh, that's so gross! So your advice would be like, don't don't do what you did. I would say stay <laughs> stay where you are. Uh, don't waste time and air by trying to find another way out. You're you're kind of stuck where you are. Focus on where. Yeah, you are. yeah, yeah. Because you know. I, obviously, yeah, we wanted to be spoiler free, but uh, 
I I didn't know where you were going with it, and I'm going to leave that to readers to figure out for themselves. Because I once, yeah, like I think the last ten percent of the book, I was like, "What is he doing? You're like, yeah. what is going on? Like, what?" But that's the whole point of it, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like I I hey, go for it because I don't know what I would do. That's kind of like where my <laughs> that's kind of where mm-hmm. I was going with it. Um, so Daniel Krause, what can uh are prolific as you are is there anything that is next on your uh list that you could talk about what's next yeah okay so whale fall comes out in august um in september is book two of my graveyard girl series for middle grade readers next year is um well i can't really talk about that next year is a another <laughs> sort of high profile collaboration at the end of the year so we'll get to that and then i just completed a Again, talk about a new challenge. I just completed my first like full on sci fi book. That's okay. Like, real sci fi, like spaceships and planets, and like I've never done built a world sort of like that. Uh, so that will be. I don't know when that's coming out because I just. <laughs> but uh, it's, that, it, it's it's coming. No matter <laughs> one way or the other, it's coming. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting! You know, keep us in mind. You're always yeah. welcome here for a fifth, sixth, seventh time. You know, <laughs> uh, practically a host now. You are your your co-host for sure. You can come on and chime in on any anybody we have. Uh, <laughs> so Daniel Krause, Whale Fall comes out on August eighth. Thank you so much. Always a great conversation. So much fun. I always love catching up and and just picking your brain about you know what you're working on and what you got going on and how the heck you you bring these crazy stories to life before we sign off uh, where can we find you on on the internet on your social media i know you i know you've kind of cut back on social media a little bit uh some but i'm you know certainly through the publication of the book i'm active on twitter um and you know you can just go to my website com, and that will have any other links but that's the main one yeah perfect perfect okay cool daniel kraus thank you so much and we will keep in touch for anything you got going on next sounds great thank you and there you go. That was Daniel Krause talking about whale fall that comes out on August 8th. Go ahead and check out the show notes to find links where to purchase the book and where to find him online and on social media, a rate review, subscribe, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, the nerd cantina and cantina book club, read my book reviews on the nerdcantina.com. If you are seeing or reading any books that you really enjoyed, go ahead and hop on over to Amazon and Goodreads and give them a rating. It really does help the authors out. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening.